There's no way around it. Some people resist it and others fear it, but it's here to stay. Technology is here to stay. And not only that, but it's been advancing rapidly. If you do a quick internet search right now for software developer roles in your city, I guarantee you hundreds of listings will pop up. And so it's no wonder that more and more people are interested in tech and learning how to code. And when I tell people about the story of my career, they usually have so many questions. I've also been reached out to Cole by some proactive folks on LinkedIn and they're hungry for knowledge and eager for tips on securing their first job in this sometimes elusive role. A little bit about me. I'm Linda and I'm an econ major who graduated during the tail end of the Great Recession and ultimately paved her own path to becoming a software developer. Mind you, that was my childhood dream job that I had only been too afraid to pursue for the longest time. But a lot of people ask me questions that I feel like I only have answers to from one relatively narrow perspective. I realize that within the group of software developers I know, each one has a different interesting story to tell. And so that's why I created Dial-A-Dev. As the software engineer population becomes increasingly diverse, I really want to showcase this. I want to interview developers specialized in different areas from all different backgrounds in hopes of invoking some inspiration in those who are interested in the profession. At the end of it all, I think it's important to realize that the days of your stereotypical cookie cutter dev are gone. And there's no better way to drive this point home than with a series of insightful interviews. And so I hope you enjoy. So today we're going to be talking to someone who majored in computer science during her undergrad. And I think this is an appropriate first episode to start on because I often hear some remorse from people who didn't go to college or didn't major in CS for their undergrad that maybe they would feel like less of an imposter if they had just gotten a bachelor's in CS right off the bat. And I certainly felt that way at some point in my career. But what's interesting to me is that hearing her insights made me realize that we can all feel like imposters at some point in our careers as software developers, and we all have to start out somewhere. And so with that, I will introduce to you Rama. My name is Rama. I am a senior software engineer at Redfin, and I have been in this industry for about six years. So just to kind of set the stage for everything, what first got you into computer science? Um, How did you decide that this is what you were going to major in? I suppose the most interesting thing about my introduction to software engineering is that I actually started college with no intention of pursuing software engineering, but halfway through college, I kind of lost interest slash was not interested in the program I was pursuing, which is architecture. So I took a little bit of time off and uh, decided to do informatics and computer science instead. I really had no idea what I was going to do afterwards, and both my parents are actually software engineers. I've always been very artistic, but I've also really enjoyed the process of like problem solving or like thinking logically. And so was there any event that kind of kickstarted your interest in switching your major from architecture to computer science? 
I started sitting in uh, on CSE classes in at UW CSE because they're just like they were open to anyone. And I had a few friends. And so I kind of knew when the classes were. And I started just like trying to do the assignments. And they were pretty fun. And so, yeah, after I like sort of shadowed that class, I took it for real. And um, I liked it. <laughs> so so that's when you really knew that this was your, your calling and you, you fell in love with this this craft, I guess. I'm hesitant to say like I fell head over heels in love with it you know like I was like I enjoy this enough like I could see myself doing this sort of thinking as a job right and I know that CSE 142 which is like the first CSE class in the series is not indicative of what working in industry is um yeah I definitely took a little bit of a leap of faith and it like it really worked out so yeah, it definitely takes a leap of faith to decide what career to pursue long term. So did you ever have a fallback plan in case you hated working in tech or hated working as a software developer specifically? Were you ever worried I might not like it and you you want to switch to something else? I guess like when I graduated college and even like during my Redfin internship, I sort of had this long-term vision of becoming a PM, like a product manager and getting to work more with the design side or the user experience side. But every time I really like ask myself whether I want to switch to that, I don't see any reason to do it. Same with management. I've been thinking like more and more recently, I've been asked a few times to uh, if I want to become a manager, but I think I just really like what I'm doing right now. I still get to like design user interfaces. I get to work with people. Um, I'm a very social person. I'm also a little bit, <laughs> okay, I don't want to say bossy, but I am naturally drawn to like leadership. And so I've found a place at Redfin that sort of satisfies all these like niches where I like sort of lead a group of people but not like I'm not a manager and I still get to like push the boundaries technically and I've yeah I've never really been unhappy enough to consider like to seriously consider uh switching from software engineering but I never want to put myself in a box and you know if that changes that changes but not now yeah, so it sounds like it really worked out for you. Um, so before you got your current job or, or your first internship even, is there anything you did that felt like it really prepared you for your current career? While I was like sitting in on these CSE classes, I also went to a non-competitive hackathon uh, organized by Student R&D, which is a uh, tech organization in the Seattle. Well, I guess it's national now, um, but they organized an event called Code Day. So I had a like a high school friend who like helped start it, and so I just went to one of these. And um, yeah, looking back on it, I was like kind of shocked, <laughs> surprised that I did this in the first place. But I just like showed up at this event after taking like three CSE. <laughs> CC classes, shadowing three classes, literally like three classes. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I didn't know anyone there except for my friend, the organizer. And I just like went up to some random people and I was like, can I join your team? And I won't admit to like, I don't know, knowing much or contributing much, but it was an interesting experience. And like, I continued doing Code Day like a few more times. Um, and it was helpful to just like see how other people did it. 
Honestly, I think that's pretty impressive. I myself wanted to join a hackathon at some point, but I suffered from <laughs> extreme imposter syndrome. So did that affect you at all in any way? No, I didn't have imposter syndrome because there's sort of this like this like strength that comes with just not knowing anything. Like I sort of leaned into it. I was like, I'm not expected to know anything. There's like no stakes, right? I'm just going to show up and what's the worst that can happen? Like I'll accidentally learn something <laughs> or I'll make some connections or friends, you know. And yeah, I think even even to this day like when I jump into a new technology or whatever, I just like remember that of like I don't know anything about this. I'm not expected to know anything about this and that gives me some freedom. Yeah, that that totally makes sense because you don't know what you don't know. Um, another question that I often get asked is how, how did you get your current job? Like what was the interview process and prep work like for me? Personally, I know that I had to do a lot of leak code and grinding and learning algorithms. So what was that like for you with managing your coursework? Actually, Redfin was my first technical interview ever, and I got it. <laughs> and I bombed many an interview afterwards. I don't want to say I got lucky, but it feels like I got lucky. Yeah, I think looking back, I was probably, I, I should have not been so busy because uh, I was taking a full course load pretty much the last three years of my college experience. And I was TAing and I was involved in other clubs and stuff, which means I was just always sleep deprived and always stressed and always half-assing things. But yeah, I just, I don't know, like everyone said that CS, the major just prepares you for interviewing. So I was like, okay, I sort of trusted the process. And so my first year in the major I that was when I like bombed a lot of interviews because I hadn't taken enough CS classes yet but I think the second year like I got started getting used to like how to think in code and how to hack the technical interview process and so I think taking CS classes just helps a lot. So when you actually did start working what do you think was a really challenging part of your job or what was the most challenging part about becoming a software developer? I think in college, you're always working on like little contained projects, right? You work on them for a week, maybe two weeks, you turn them in, you never look at them again, usually. In industry, you're working with code that's like 10 years old, right? It's like been built on and built on and there's hacks in it and it's used in 18 places. And I think it takes a little bit of wisdom to know how to effectively handle that. So in the same vein, what is something that came up that you didn't account for in your everyday duties on the job? Um, what was your training lacking? The sleuthing part of it, like proper migration techniques, like thinking more architecturally, like trying to finagle a system that does X to also do Y, you know, that's like hard to have a class teach you. <laughs> Also, like problems of scale. And I don't personally work on systems that like get millions of users, but that's not an uncommon thing to work on in the industry. And I think like you don't really think about that in college. If you work at a good company, they have resources that teach you these sorts of things rather than expecting you to figure it out on your own. Yeah, there really are a lot of things that come up in the day-to-day -day job that you just don't realize until you actually start working because you have no idea when you're just taking a class learning the basics. What was your favorite part of becoming a software developer? 
the fun parts that I remember are like teeing with my friend Megan. We like went above and beyond and we would teach like a quiz section, even though it wasn't like a required thing for the class. And like we'd make little note sheets. And I think like looking back on it, it's the sort of leadership stuff that I do at my job too. <laughs> Maybe not teach quiz section, but you know, like rally people and like help people. That was definitely really fun. I recall many sleepless nights. They're type two fun, which means not fun in the moment, but fun to look back on. And I think just like learning stuff, like it was a time where I was just learning a lot, just had a thirst for knowledge, which I still do, but not quite at the same rate, you know? Yeah, I think especially in, in our industry in tech, because tech moves so quickly, there's always stuff to be on top of, there's always new technologies to learn. So I think that people with strong learning ethic definitely could thrive in, in this space. Um, but if you could do anything differently about your career path, like if you could go back and do any part of it again, is there anything that you would do differently? No, not at all. I think I really enjoyed my architecture classes too until a certain point. I don't regret that at all. I did a double degree. Um, I did informatics and CS. There was definitely a part of me that was like doing it because it was cool <laughs> and because I could do it. And I mean, I did like a, a concentration in human computer interaction for my informatics degree. I slightly regret doing the double degree just because I was just like half-assing all my classes. <laughs> and I think if I had just done CS, I would have like, one, had more time to like take higher level electives. I didn't really get to do too many of those. And I would have just had more time to devote to them. So I would have um, stuck to CS. <laughs> Yeah, and, and a lot of that makes sense, um, especially when you're college-aged or, or what you did in college. Um, I sometimes think back and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like I could have taken more interesting classes rather than just taking these like random easy classes to boost my GPA. Because like, what what's the point, right? Like, especially in college, but um, I totally get what you mean. On a related note, what advice do you have for someone who is deciding if they want to pursue software development as a career or want to get into tech, whether it be somebody who's trying to do a career switch or someone who's deciding their major in college or, or just like what their what the next move is? I'll give maybe two pieces of advice. One is talk to a lot of people. I'm sure you have friends or family or people or just find randos on LinkedIn or ask me, I don't know, and ask them what it's like to be a software engineer. And the second is like, this admittedly worked out really well for me, but like there's a ton of resources online and they can be overwhelming. So creep on some college curriculums. A lot of the projects are just open sourced and free, free for the public. And so check them out, try learning some stuff. Learning how to code is one of the least gate kept fields of knowledge. There's tons of resources, so definitely take advantage of them. Yeah, and so speaking of resources, I wanted to revisit the topic of hackathons because I think, I personally think that they're a great way for people to gauge whether or not they enjoy software development and enjoy working on a software development team. Um, but I often get asked the follow-up question of where, where can I find a hackathon? Where do I start? Um, so I wanted to know what your experience with that was like, whether or not you found it through Googling or it was through Facebook events or just kind of on-campus stuff. 
I'm not fully sure how I found Code Day, but I the people that started Code Day were I sort of knew them from high school, so I likely just like saw a post from them on Facebook or something. <laughs> but once I was in the CS, I don't know, degree or in this in those circles, I think there were more hackathons advertised, but I also think that like they got old very quickly. Turns out staying up all night and drinking Coke and eating pizza is not that great. And I value balance and sleeping. <laughs> it's fun to do once or twice, but. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's like one of those things where it's fun in the moment. It's, it's good to try at least once in your life, but you don't want to be doing it all the time. It kind of gets old after a while. The other thing that I wanted to touch upon is that I know for a lot of people who are trying to become software developers, one thing that kind of stops them is the stereotype that a lot of movies and social media memes portray and people kind of get intimidated because they think like, you know, I I wasn't this high school hacking prodigy. I wasn't coding at the age of six. And they feel like because they don't embody this stereotype or they don't fit into this mold, that it's it's a little bit harder for them to kind of portray themselves confidently as a software developer when in fact their skills are actually in line with being a really, really solid, really good software developer. So um, what's your experience with that? Yeah, I, I think there's always some people that are like that who really like fit into that box, but the box is reductive, you know, like I work with a lot of people that are similar to me have similar personality traits to me, whether that be like really being drawn to leadership within tech or being really social. I don't get that stereotype or I don't see that stereotype overwhelmingly at all. So totally. And I want to know what you think the benefits of having more diversity in this space is. If you just have a bunch of people that are very similar, then your product isn't going to be as strong, you know. Right. And that's totally what I wanted to drive home with this first episode is that really for anybody who's intimidated that they don't fit the stereotype or don't fit this mold that they think they have to belong to, that there's actually a space for everybody in this in this industry. In college, I had a phase where I was like super interested in the Myers-Briggs test which puts people into boxes, right? So for those who are not familiar, there's four traits that you can be one of 16 different personality types. And I was in CS, right? I had a lot of CS friends. I realized that like a lot of the people in CS were the personality type INTJ. I spent so long trying to like force myself to embody the traits of the INTJ. And looking back on it, I'm just like, why was I trying to do that? Like, it didn't make me any better of a developer or that sort of comes with experience. So I think there was a lot of imposter syndrome to start with, but I was particularly like trying to change introverted versus extroverted part. And the second one was the 
N versus S, which is intuition versus sensing. And I kind of like thought about it as like a, whether you're more inwardly focused or externally focused. As you know, architecture is very externally focused. You're like literally dealing with the outside world and like buildings and thinking in 3D, realistic 3D spaces, right? And computer science is very much the opposite where you're, it's all abstract and like you're in your head and just, it's a different kind of thinking. And I think for that second one, I just like didn't know how to, <laughs> didn't know how to become more intuitive, but it, I think I've become more intuitive just after spending half a decade in this industry. I think a lot of people can really resonate with that. Um, and thank you so much, Rama, for sharing your experiences with us today. I think a lot of people will find it really valuable. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Dial a Dev. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please send them to dialadevpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.